Well, good morning, church. Happy Sabbath. Now, I want to ask, who brought their Bibles today? I want to see them up high. If you brought your Bible, please lift them up. Okay, I see most of you have brought your Bibles. I know some of you have it in uh, electronic form, in your phones. And that's good, too. The reason I ask you why you brought your Bibles is because I want to ask you again. Whenever you come to church, bring your Bibles. You never know. You might end up using them. Bring your Bibles, and I'll tell you why. Sometimes we come to church looking for a blessing, and we leave not receiving that blessing. Because if we don't bring the Bible, instead of going home with thus said the Lord, we'll be going home with thus said the preacher. Does that make sense? We'll go home not knowing if the preach, what the preacher said is right without looking at our Bibles. So every time we come to church, bring our Bibles, and we go home truly saying that God said the Lord today. And that's what we want. We want to hear the Lord's voice. We don't want to hear any man. We want to hear the Lord speaking to our hearts. Amen? Amen. Now, it is very important. I think I got both of them going at the same time. It is very important that we learn from the past. Learning from the past. Actually, Paul says in Romans 15, 4, that everything that was written in the past is for our what? For our teaching. So if somebody's trying to teach us something, our job is to what? To learn the teaching. So everything that was written in the past is for our teaching in this present time. And if we don't learn from the past, we're doomed to repeat history. When we hear terms like Sunday law, close of probation, death decree, it all depends on our walk with God, whether we feel the long of seeing Jesus because he's nearing, or we get to feel the fear and instead of wondering if we're ever going to make it or how I'm going to make it. But it's this, and this little book is called Life Sketches, page 196, that says, We have nothing to fear for the future. And you can finish that for me. Unless we forget how he helped us in our past history. Amen? Amen? We got nothing to fear for the future. Unless we forget how he helped us in our past history. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you remember when you got baptized? How many of us remember that day? I see a few faces smiling. And I think that when you remember that, you smile and you're happy that you made that decision. You enjoy that moment. You remember that day like if it was yesterday. For some reason, you got awake to the Word of God. Somebody taught you lessons. Somebody made you a call. Somebody gave you an invitation. You came to church, you heard the word, it burned within your heart, and you wanted to make the decision that you wanted to follow God from then on. You got serious about Jesus. But there was a man in the military in 1874 
who heard the prophecies of Daniel in Revelation. And he got awake to the call of Jesus. He started to get in deep into the war. He was in the military at that time. And in 1874, he decided to stay another year in the military and doing what military people do. And after leaving, he decided to keep studying God's Word. And he kept committing himself to study, to study, to grow in the Word. He got serious about it. He started learning Scripture. And not only learning Scripture, but he got the ability to explain it with Holy Ghost power. He got awoke. He got awake. By God's word. And Ellen G. White says about this man. God in his great mercy. Sent the most precious message to the people. Through Elder A.T. Jones and A.G. Wagner. Their message was righteousness by faith. Which is only belonged to the movement. Oh it was in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Righteousness by faith. We're not saved by works. We're saved by what? By faith, right? So this gentleman, none other but A.T. Jones, he started studying the scripture, getting deep into and explaining the scripture, but he had a problem. After learning so much and being able to explain it, he started to swell up. He started to become boastful. He started to be proud about it. And it, Sister why? Constantly counsel with him and tell him, your case has been presented to me that you need more of a humble spirit. You need to come down from that cloud, brother. I understand that the God has mightily used you. I understand that you understand the scriptures, but your spirit is not how it's supposed to be. It's not where it's supposed to be. He became so... He felt that he became so important that every time they had meetings and they got together with the brothers, he started making fun and ridiculizing the brothers publicly to the point that Sister Wise sometimes he had to, she had to literally get up and rebuke him. And that's a problem. Sometimes when we see that a person is used by God and start teaching the word, we perhaps think that everything they teach is right. But here the prophet says, no. She continues to say, your attitude has grieved the Holy Spirit. So here is a man that got awakened by the word of God, used mightily by God's power, explaining the creature with Holy Ghost power, and now he's grieving the Holy Spirit. A.T. Jones was known in 1888 as a God champion. Powerfully, mightily used by God. But he became proud of it. Actually, she said to him, You have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. And did you know, brothers and sisters, that A.T. Jones died outside of the faith? A.T. Jones has to have been a powerful man in the Seventh-day Adventist church at the beginning. He died outside the faith, and she said of him, he will not resurrect in the first resurrection. He will come up in the second resurrection. That's why 
The Apostle Paul counsels us or advises us in First Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. And he said this very important advice for each and every one of us today. He said, therefore, let him who think who stands take heed, lest he what? Lest he falls. But there was another man, and this man was also one of our pillars of the first days of the movement. This man, he was a Mark Finley, Doug Bachelor, City Brooks, Walter Bates, Jeremiah Davis, all combined into one. He was a man that could explain and preach the word of God. He was a man that again was madly used by the Holy Spirit. Everywhere he showed up to speak, people would shut up in the hundreds. And every time he will done speak in the word, people will get baptized by the hundreds. He knew he had a gift. He knew that God was using him. He knew that he had power when he put the word properly and explained it. He knew they had the power to convince people to give their life to God. He knew that he was a blessing for the church at that moment. But he also had a problem. He started to hear in the voice of the devil telling him, you will be so much successful in your ministry if you didn't preach such a straight message. When I got baptized when I was a kid, I remember that there wasn't any, or if there was, I didn't know about, independent ministries. I was baptized when I was nine years old, a while ago. And I don't remember hearing in any independence ministry. But now, how many of independent ministries do we have? We have quite a few. And I don't want to talk about these people because I believe that because the church is not preaching the third angel's message as it should, God in his mercy is allowed this independent ministry that they are preaching the straight message. Sometimes our preachers and pastors are start listening to the suggestions of the devil that if they preach what people like, their ministry will be better. They will have more success in the ministry just preaching smooth things, saying what people wanted to hear, and that you have a better ministry. But above everything, all these independent ministries, nobody gets baptized into their ministries. Everybody gets baptized into the seventh day of the church. Amen? So that's how we see that God, even though they're working independently, God is still guiding these men while they're preaching this straight testimony. And this brother, um, Camwright, his name is Camwright, he started to listen to the words of the devil and it started to changing little by little the way he used to preach. Things that he pronounced boldly before he started to deny. Things that he used to say without anything to stop him, 
he started to back off a little bit to the point that he went to the night and doubting even the testimonies. Sister Y again canceled with him. In one of his let one of her letters, she she wrote to her to him saying, Dear brother, in other letters, she wrote, My son. You ever notice that every time she uh, writes to people, she treats them as family. My brother, my son. She said, I'm very sad to hear your decision. He decided to leave the movement. He decided to leave the Seventh-day Adventist Church. But I'm not surprised because she saw the way he was backing up. He was backsliding a little bit. I'm not surprised of your decision. God is proving his people. And everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So what happened to Brother A.T. Jones and Camright? It was very painful for the church. When you read that book of what happened to these men, I remember that Brother A.T. Jones, he, was in, he asked to speak to the General Conference president at the time. And he agreed to it and all his committee. And they all sat down in that office and in that room. And the table, the president of the... General Conference was sitting at one end and Brother A.T. Jones was sitting at the other end. And after talking and praying and singing, they couldn't get to agree to a point where the president, he stand up and stretch his hands and he asked him, please come. Please come. And he would not, A.T. Jones, he would not stretch his hands to shake him. Three times the president asked him, please come. Please come. And the last time he said, no. No. He got up and left. She said of that meeting, there was no one eye dry after the meeting. And they all were very sad to see him going out into the dark. And the same fate that happened to Brother A.T. Jones at the beginning happened to Brother Camright. She also said, because he left the movement, he will not wake up in the first resurrection. He will also wake up in the second resurrection. Now, what's important of this, and what shook me when I read the story, is that this did not happen in biblical times. It didn't happen seven, eight, hundred years ago, this happened just recently about 150, 60 plus years ago. And this is a real people where they had the chance to make a decision for God and then they just decided to walk away. And because of that, they were lost forever. Now what the first thought in my head when I read that is that I'm still alive. I still have a chance. I still can plead with God to ask Forgive me and transform me and change everything he has to change in me to be safe. And that's what I was reasoning and praying to God that day that I read that book. And I was strongly impressed with the thought that I still have a chance. And you still have a chance. I don't know how your walk with God is. But I know one thing. 
today something special had to happen in your life and in my life. Because when I read the Sire of Ages, I notice that everything that Jesus did or didn't do, it was for a reason. So it must be a reason that your church has this camp meeting going on and you're here. It must be a reason why I have plans to go see Walter Bay and I'm here. Must be a reason why. God doesn't work by chances. He has a plan. And He knows how to move things and people at His time. Now the question is, what can I do to avoid what happened to brothers A.T. Jones and brother Canray? And this is what I'm about to share with you today. And it's not, it's not going to be anything deep. I don't want to be showing myself like I know a lot about the scriptures. My purpose is not to be deep. It's just to be practical. Things that we can do in our everyday life to help us. A few instructions that can help us that we do not end up like Brother Jones and Brother Canray. Matthew chapter 4 verse 25 reads, You know, the devil was tempting Jesus to turn the stones into bread. And how did Jesus answer him? Man shall not live by what? By bread alone, but by what? But every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Now, how hard is it for God's people to live that way? To live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You know how easy it is to lean to our own understanding, brothers and sisters? It's so easy to choose what I want or what I think or what I like best. Even when it comes to the law. God asks us to obey all the law all the time. We don't choose to pick which law we like better and we want to obey it sometimes. Because if it is like that, then we, I know people in jail that obey some of the law sometimes. It's all the law, all the time. Every decision we're about to make, we've got to make sure that it's right with God. It doesn't matter where you're at in life, if you're a young man or woman. Whatever decision you're going to make, we've got to make sure that it's okay with God. We're okay with the way we dress, with the way we eat our diet. Where are we going in life? The school I want to choose and where I want to work. If I'm looking at retirement, where I want to go for my retirement years. God has to do the choosing for us. That's where we got to go back to the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. And in prayer, ask Him, lead me where you want me to go. Or lead me where you want me to be. I don't want to just choose for me. You got a lonely life. You want to start looking for a life partner. You don't just choose a man or choose a woman. You got to let God do the choosing for you. That way you know that you're not making any mistakes. You know, sometimes we see people married three, four times and they're still making the same mistakes. Why? Because they're not letting God to choose for them. They want to be like, okay, this is the one I like. I want him or I want her. And that goes with every decision in our life. It's so easy to lean to our own understanding, but we've got to go back to the Bible and spirit of prophecies, and that's where God can show us His will for us. Now let's go to the book of John. And I call this the three continues. And you'll see what in a minute. John chapter 8, 
verse 31. The book of John, chapter 8, verse 31. The Bible says, Then Jesus said to those Jews to believe him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. I'm reading from the New King James Version, but I know the King James Version says, If you continue in my word. Anybody has that version? The King James? In your Bible says, If you continue in my word, surely you are my disciples. And sometimes when we come to meetings, we get so excited about the word that we actually go home and we're going to study, study, and read. And we're so excited and we're so happy that we cannot stop reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and finding out more things about the Bible. But how many of us also know that as days go by and we fall into the routine of life again, we usually will come off that mountain and we stop reading the Bibles as we first were. For whatever reason, we don't stay on top. We come off that mountain. And the Spirit of Prophecy says, in Great Controversy, page 519-519, he says, Satan well knows that those who can get to neglect prayer and searching of the Scripture will be overcome by his attacks. And today... If there's anything you want to remember from today's message, I pray that you'll remember this. Gospel Workers, page 100. She says, guard jealously. She said what? Guard jealously the hour of prayer, searching of the scriptures, and self-examination. Brothers and sisters, when we guard something jealously, we can even come to the point of being violent to protect what is ours. If now we can see that attitude in little kids, try to take a toy from a kid. He can become violent if he comes to down to it, to protect what he wants, to keep what he wants. But she says, you got to guard jealously that hour. Are we guarding jealously the hour of prayer? searching of the scripture and self-examination when we come down to the point where I got to acknowledge of what I'm doing is it okay with God or not when we sing that song I surrender all it means I surrender all my choices to you that's what it really means I surrender all my choices to you so Jesus is telling us today Continue in my word. Continue in my word. Brother A.T. Jones and Cam Wright, they thought to themselves, they, know, they didn't need any more instructions. They already know what they had to know. They already have the skills. They're already proven when they preach and teach and talk to other people to have an influence over there, over these people. But God's telling us in 1 Peter 3.15, He said, God, keep, sanctify God in your mind and be ready always. Some version says to give an answer. Some version says to, to give a defense. And both, both are right. Because sometimes people will ask and you need to give an answer. But sometimes people will attack what you believe and then you need the Bible to defend itself. 
Be ready always. Not just if your phone dies, then you don't know what to say. And I'm not against using phone or technology. I use it in myself sometimes. But God never meant it for technology to take over our plan of reading the Bible. Our plan of studying. So we can show ourselves approved to God. He never meant technology to take that place. But you got to be ready always to give an answer. I remember years ago when they asked me to be a director of AY, the younger guys in our church. And I felt strongly that I didn't have that skill to deal with younger people. Because I kept saying to myself, that was back in the days, like 10 years ago, young people, they just want to be entertained. And I'm not for that. I'm not up to entertain young people in the church. Because the, law, the lost coin says that he got lost inside the church. Inside the home. And I said, no, I pass. I'm not taking the AY. And she said, please have one meeting with them. Just one. And I agreed to it. And time came by where... I was about to speak and I started wondering if I was a younger man, why would I want to hear? Why would I want to listen being taught to me at that point? And I asked myself, do they really know why we do the things we do? If somebody asks you, and I ask that question, if somebody stops you in the street and asks you, why don't you dance? Show me from the Bible where you got that teaching from. Would you know the answer? Why don't you go to movie theaters? Would you know the answer? Why don't you play lottery? Would you know the answer? And I started asking myself, would they know that answer? So I, got it all, I gathered all that information. I taught it to them. At the end of that meeting, two younger kids came up to me and said, I want to do Bible study with you. To the to the praise of God. Amen? Because it's not the man. It's the word. It's the word that moves people. And after that, I, reading the story of our pioneers, I learned that Brother Miller, when he was 20 years old, he would come to churches to make fun of the preachers. He would come to churches to make fun of whoever was talking. He was lost in the eyes of everyone in the church. 20 years old kid. Nobody would pay attention to him. He would come to used to make fun. But God used him powerfully. God used him powerfully, brothers and sisters. So let's not be too tough on the younger kids every now and then. Let's love them. Let's show them that we're there. They want to hear the teachings. They want to hear our advice. Let's be there for them. Tell the truth in love. That's all that Jesus asks. So, but not only he wants us to study the Bible. Because we all know, we all have a great knowledge of a Bible. I can see mature people here in the church and been here for years. We all have a great knowledge of our Bibles. The problem is we don't practice it. And God doesn't just want us to have a knowledge. He wants us to practice what we know. And the Sister White said in the Great Controversies, pages 608, the importance of obedience. Listen to this. 
as the storm approaches, a large class, how much? A large class, who have professed faith in the third angel's message, but were not sanctified by obedience to the truth, will abandon their position, join ranks with the opposition, and become the most bitter enemies of the former brother. They will abandon their position to join ranks with the opposition and become the most bitter enemies of the former brethren. Why? Because they weren't sanctified by what? By obedience. By obedience. Now let's go to another continue. First continue was continue in my word. Not just studying and reading, but practicing and applying. What you learn, you apply. What you learn, you apply. Actually, the Bible says that God would not give us more light until we start practicing the little light that he gave us. So if he gave us a little light, and we don't even bother to apply it or practice it, why would he give us more light? Study and apply. Let's go to the book of Colossians, chapter 4. Colossians, chapter 4, verse 2. Colossians 4, verse 2. The Bible says, Continue earnestly in what? In prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Continue. This is, a, this is the second continue. First one was continue in the word. Now continue in prayer. And I wonder and I ask myself, what's my prayer life like? What's your prayer life like? Do we know or have we noticed that we can study the word for hours? But when it comes to prayer, sometimes our prayer life is just like we get up in the morning. Thank you, God, for keeping me at night. Please be with me during the day. And we go off on whatever things we do. We get in our cars. Please, God, give us some trouble and mercy on our way to work or school. Ten seconds or so. We get to work or school. Thank you for keeping me here. We do on our daily things and we're doing whatever we're doing. We come back home. We jump in our cars again. Thank you for this day. Again, another two, three second prayer. And then we get home. We go in front of final, our final meal. And thank you, Lord, for this meal. For taking care of us and provide for us. And some of us. Some of us will have evening worship with our family. And then we pray again. So during the day, we had these little tiny 10 to 5 second prayers. Now, Jesus, in the most crucial moment of his life, when he was about to face the cross, the real battle wasn't the cross. The real battle was the Gethsemane. Why? Because there was the power of will. Do I do the will of God? Remember the prayer? If it's possible, pass this cup away from me. Not my will, but your will be done. So that's where the real battle took place. So where Jesus found the power to face the cross and take it head on 
where did Jesus or how did he go through that? Do I do what I want to do or do I do God's will? Let's go to the book of Luke 22. Luke chapter 22. Verses 41 to 44. Luke 22. Verses 41 to 44. And we'll see how Jesus got encouraged to go through that difficult moment. The Bible says. But while he's still. I'm sorry. I'm going to try Luke 24. Let's go back to Luke 22. Okay, Luke twenty-two, forty-one to forty-four. And he he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and studied more. Is that what it says? Is that what it says? And what? And pray more, saying, "Father, if it's your will, he will take." You will take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he studied more earnestly. Is that what he says? He prayed more earnestly. So how did Jesus find the strength to face the cross? By prayer. You do... Bible says that prayer is like the breath of life. Amen? Do you know what it's like not to breathe? You simply die. And Jesus here, in the most difficult time of his life, facing the cross and death, he went down and studied more. Right? He went down and prayed more. Brothers and sisters, we got to learn how to spend time on our knees with Jesus. We have to learn the science of prayer. If Jesus faced the cross, Golgotha, it's not that he just died for you and me, but this is an example of what God's people are going to go through at the end of times. And if he found encouragement by prayer earnestly, then how are we supposed to find encouragement? By praying earnestly. We got to learn how to spend time. And as the Spirit of Prophecy said, talk to Jesus as a friend. I remember we had a pastor coming over to our church. And he challenged us to say, I will prove to you that you don't know how to pray. And I started to wonder, what's he going to do? What's he going to show? And he just preached for like 10, 15 minutes. And then we say, each and every one of you will find a corner in the church. And we're going to go and we're going to pray for half an hour. And then we'll come back. And we did that. And we're going to share how we fell and what happened. People came back with tears in their eyes. I was one of them. Because I noticed that after five, ten minutes of prayer, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what else to say. I started praying for people that I never even thought about. I started praying for people that weren't even my friends. Or we had no connections. But after all that, I had nothing else to say after ten minutes. 
And that's when he told us, you got to learn how to talk to Jesus as if he's your best friend. Anything and everything, just talk to him. Just pray to him. So this is my second continue. Third continue and final, John 15, 9. Let's go to the book of John. Chapter 15, verse 9. And God and Jesus is telling us today, continue in studying the Word of God. Not just continue, but apply. Continue in prayer. John 15, 9 says, As your Father, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Continue in my love. Now, brothers and sisters, being honest, have you met people that know a lot about the Bible and the Scriptures, but they show no love to nobody? I know that doesn't happen in this church. It happens outside of the Belvedere Church. But have you met people like that? That they know a lot about the Bible, but their face are always like they're just judging and pointing the finger at criticizing this and criticizing that and that sister and that pastor and look at this and did he do, did he that to the point that they even criticized the pastor of the church. Have you met people like that? Continue in my love. After we study the Bible and apply it to our everyday life, after we pray earnestly, how can we become a blessing for others? Remember, some of the people, the only Jesus that they will see in their life will be you and me. And I remember in my younger years when I walk away from the church. And I felt like I was, I was 15 to 20 years old. And I felt like I was happy and free. And I, went, well, I got to do whatever I wanted to do. Because I was outside the church. My mom had to go back to our country. She didn't like it here. It was too cold. The language... I'm going back. And I'm facing that reality. Okay, I felt like I was losing my mom. I don't know when I'm going to see her again. But before she left, she told me, let's go to church. She was a churchgoer all her life. I was the one that was out. And she told me, just go to church. I used to work on Sabbath. Two Sabbaths of the morning I used to work. So I said to myself, well, next Sabbath that I'm off, I'm going to go to church. And I show up by myself. My mom asked me many times to go with her. I never went. But when she left, and I went by myself. And to my surprise, people were really happy to see me. Really, really happy to see me. That they came to me and they all hugged me and kissed me and welcomed me. And they invited me to stay out there for lunch. And I was like, man, this is good. I like it here. I wasn't going to get convinced over prophecies. I knew all that. I was born in the church. They weren't going to convince me of the Sabbath truths and the state of the dead. I knew all that. I didn't need the theory. I needed the love. I needed the company. I needed someone that were happy to see me and knew my name when I came in. That's what I needed at 20 years old. I felt like I lost my mom at that time. So... Jesus is telling us, continue in love. When we're in church, love each other. Like I said before, 
or younger people. Sometimes they might see that they don't want to be interested in what you're saying. They don't want. They just want to be on their phone all day. And this, God has a plan for them. Amen. God has a plan for them too. Once you planted that seed in their hearts, it doesn't matter what happens to them. God has still has a plan for them, and all He's waiting for that opportunity just to make a call, and they will come to God. I'm telling you because that's what happened. That was my, my life experience. I walk away from my younger years, but I had the seed. I will go out and party with my friend and do whatever I wanted to do outside of the church like everybody else. But I will come at night and I will still pray. Because I knew that God somehow protected me. All I needed was something that happened in my life and that was God's opportunity to make the call and I answer it. And by God's grace, I'll be back in the church for 10 years. So God has a plan for everyone. So stay in my love. Stay in my love. Sometimes when we come to Christ, we might think that we're losing things. We might lose some friends. We might lose this. We might lose that. But God has a better plan for you. God has a better, much better plan for you and for me. I've seen people leave the church because they didn't met my needs, whatever that means. That's not in the Bible, by the way. We're not here to see if we like the worship service. We're here to worship Him. Amen? We're not here to see if they met my needs. We're here to see if I meet His needs. Amen? It's not about us. It's about Him. And, per, and Sister Y, she says, when they see people, when she saw people walking outside the church and leaving the church because they apostate got so gross and so fake that people started saying well we need to leave this church and we're going to create our own movement and become a holier and poorer people and this is what she said in first elected messages page 179 she said they will talk about the class of the close of probation and the need of coming out of the seven day Adventist church to form a church of purer and holier people but this is what Satan wants. This is what Satan wants. Whatever message that divides the people is not from God. Whatever message that creates that rivalry between brothers and sisters and within the people in the church is not from God. Whoever comes to say, no, we're not, we can't say, be careful when you talk about the church of God. Remember, when you look at Revelation and all the churches, if they didn't obey, God will take out the lamp and give it to somebody else. But when it comes to Laodicea, he didn't take out the lamp. He said, buy from me gold and silver and nice off and all that stuff. And if not, I will spit you out of, the, out of my mouth. And some people say, well, do you see? The seven day of the church have been spit out of the mouth of God. Yeah, those are the ones that were spit out. But who about the ones that stayed in? Who are those? The ones that bought the gold and the eyes off and all that too. The ones that changed the character. The ones that obey the commandments. They stay in. 
They weren't spit out by God. They stayed. But God never took the lamp out of the last prophecy church with the Seventh Adventist church. He never did it. He never did it. That's why in John 10, and we're about to close, we see God at this parable as the hireling and the good shepherd. The Bible says that the hireling or the employee will see the wolf coming and he will run away and leave the sheep to scatter. That's a hireling. Now you all know what a hireling is, right? An employee. The one is there just for the money. You all, I think we all have met people like that. They're just there. Oh, I don't care. That's not my business. I don't care about this. I'm not the boss. I'm not the owner. Have you, have you heard people saying that? I think we all have. That's a hireling. People that's there just for the money. That's it. No pride of what, whatever they're doing. Not at all. And Jesus in this parable, he said, the hireling will see the wolf coming, and we can take out the wolf word and put apostasy in it. We'll see the apostasy coming to the church, and they'll run away and they'll leave the sheep to scatter. But Jesus said, but I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd will what? Lay down his life for his sheep. God is a good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. And he will lay down his life for you and for me as he did on the cross. So what Jesus is saying today is continue in my word. I don't want you to repeat history. I don't want you that whatever happened to Brother Jones and Brother Camright happened to you or to me. Continue in my word. Not just reading but whatever you learn, you apply. Whatever you learn, you apply. And if you find something too hard to apply, then God help me. How can I live up to this? Then you pray earnestly. You pray earnestly. And prayer will give you the power to apply what you learn. Amen? Prayer will give you the power to apply what you learn. And then continue in my love. Show people the love of Jesus. As we start in our quarterly, He came to heal. He came to give people life. He came to serve. And this is a form of worship I was studying this week. This is worship to God. Meeting people's needs where they are. Continue. In my love. And you want to you know something that impressed me not too long ago. Let's go to the book of Hebrew. Chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrew, chapter 12, verse 2. And we all know this verse by memory. Put in your eyes on Jesus. But we all read, we all read that far. Put your eyes on Jesus. This version says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But listen to this now. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Who for the joy who was set before him endured the cross. Jesus went to the cross happy. 
for you and me. He didn't go to the cross complaining. He didn't go to the cross blaming this or that. Or if it wasn't for this or if it wasn't for that. Or if it wasn't for these people that walked away from me, I wouldn't be here. Jesus didn't do that. He thought of the opportunity of you and me living with him for eternity. And that thought alone made him happy. What he was doing will give you and me a chance to be with him. God the Father would rather give up his son to die on the cross for us than live eternally without us. Now I want to ask Brother Scott to help me out. We're about to close. And there was a story. You hear me? Wonder if you can hear me here or I'll tell here. Okay. Can you hear me now? There was a story of this man. He's a fisherman. And he goes out to the sea with his younger son to go out for pearls. You know when you're going to go get pearls, you got to go to the bottom of the sea. Now, in the middle of the sea, the father and the son start arguing. The father said, okay, I'll go down. You stay here. I'll go get the pearls. You stay here. And the son says, why? Because I got experience, said the father. I know how to do it. Which young man replies, yes, father, you have the experience, but I have the strength. And I have the speed. So please let me go and get the pearls. And they argue about and who will go down to get the pearls. Whether the old man with the experience or the younger man with the strength and speed. After the father said, okay, you go. You can go. I got to give you a chance. You go. So the young man went down to the sea to get the pearls. He gathered the pearls. For whatever reason, it wasn't coming up. And past went by, and you know when you're on the water, minutes seems like years. And the father started looking down and wondering what has happened of his son. Why isn't he coming out of the water? All of a sudden, he started seeing the sea turning into red stains. Blood stains were coming out, and he still couldn't see the sun. Now he's desperate, doesn't know what to do or where to go or what's going on. Until after a couple minutes, he sees the sun coming out. And the sun comes out and his face is full of blood. His arms are full of blood. His hands are full of blood. Barely being able to breathe. And the father, as quickly as he could, just grabbed him, took a hold of him, and pulled him out of the water and put him back in the boat. And tried to talk to him, but he wasn't responding. And tried to give him CPR or whatever he could do to give him back, bring him back to life, and he couldn't do it. And the young man ended up dying. Now the father noticed that in his hand, he died with his hands closed. When he opened his hand, he had a huge 
her the biggest he's ever seen. Years went by and he, put, he puts it at his shop and somebody asks him, can I buy that pearl from you? And he said, it's not for sale. It's just simply not for sale. You wouldn't be able to pay the price of this pearl. He said, just name it. Whatever the amount you want it to be, I'll pay for. And he said, you don't understand what happened when I got the pearl. And he told the story. So this pearl worth the life of my son. God the Father is represented as the fisherman. Jesus is represented as the son. You want to know who the pearl is? It's you and me. We are that pearl. So let's never see ourselves as other people see us. See yourself as God sees you. You are that great pearl that has no price. That caused the life of his son. And he will keep you where no one can touch you. Would you do that for me? Would you do that for him? Please don't ever anyone tell you you're low, you're useless, you're this and you're that. Remember, you got to see yourself as God sees you. You're worth the life of the son. And wasn't Jesus God himself? Wasn't Jesus and God? Jesus is God. So the life of God himself, that's how much you're worth. So what is he telling us today? Please continue in my word. Please continue in earnest prayer. And please continue in the love. Because this is all he asks from us. Because he would also want us to repeat history. Amen. May Jesus, God, bless us today. Thank you.